Welcome to the Superhero of Love podcast. I am Bridget Fonger. I wrote a book called Superhero of Love, Heal Your Broken Heart and Then Go Save the World. That book is going to be out in January 2019, but I didn't want to wait until that time to start talking to superheroes of love. And guess what? Here's the news. You are a superhero of love. And through talking to other superheroes like yourself, tapping into that little superhero inside of you, I'm hoping that you and I and all of us start feeling more and more like superheroes of love, meaning that we love and are loved more than ever before. So welcome. Let's get this party started. Welcome, superheroes. We are here today with Catherine Alice, who is joining us from the barely recovered Malibu, and we'll get into that in a second. She's the author of the bestseller, Love Will Find You, and she teaches around the world, has taught thousands of people, and she is actually talking to me from her office right now, and behind her are beautiful wedding photos all of those weddings a result of people doing her workshops and reading her books. She is an expert at finding your soulmate. Welcome, Catherine Alice. Hi, Bridget. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. And Catherine just shared with me that this is her first interview where she's actually done a full-on video and audio feed from her office in Malibu. So tell us about the fires and what happened to you in the fires? Well, we lost our house. You know, everybody from Malibu had to evacuate. Most of us were evacuated for over a month and our house burned the very day, probably a couple hours after we got out of it. I have a family, I'm married. And so it's been very stressful and kind of just a, a test of how, how much I can walk my talk in terms of, uh, you know, not being attached to stuff and uh, being able to recover so it's been an interesting time. <laughs> you have you have four boys. Yes. Do they all live at home? Three. Okay, three of them are living at home and your husband. Okay, so so tell me, yeah, how have you taken care of your heart during this time? Uh, well, that has been very interesting. I have to keep, you know, I teach all this stuff and thank God it, because I teach about release and because... We even have a company that teaches people how to travel without much baggage. You know, I think I'm probably better equipped than most to, to deal with something like this. And it's still been hard because I have these little hearts to protect as well as my own. And I think our teenager probably took it the hardest. So mm -hmm. we just are having a lot of family dinners and talking. Even from the beginning, we talked about, well, what would our new house have? Uh, because obviously we had to rent a house for at least a year while we get it back together and we had to start from scratch with nothing and so we're kind of creating something new and we tried to focus on that rather than the doom and gloom thoughts and the regrets and the missing the old place which we adored you know you just have to focus on moving forward and um be especially careful with each other i've done a lot of self-care i was getting a massage every day for about a week when i just was so tense every day i I'd be back starting at square one, tension-wise. It is like a whole year happens in a day when you're going through something like that, especially. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been, I just have never been through anything like this. And um, I'm not alone. 450 people lost their houses in Malibu. And so we're all, a lot of love has come out of it, closer connections and people just caring. I didn't, I had no idea how much people cared about us, but just, it's been amazing. 
I think I met you very soon after that fire and I had no idea you were a bright and shining face in the crowd. And I had no idea that you were going through that because I oh. literally, yeah, ran into you. Yeah. You know, we were still kind of coming out of it. We're further along now than when I first met you. <laughs> yeah. Your two, two younger sons are how old? Uh, the, the youngest is 12 and then we have a teenager. So. Okay. And boys, are they, do you, can you get them to talk about their feelings? <laughs> well, the, the little angel one, who's a teenager, he's very sensitive. I, when I was pregnant with him, I was still doing like 10 sessions a day. And so I feel like he got all that energy. Like he's very special and sensitive. He will talk about it. The younger one just wants to blow it off, but you can see it. And so it, it does take, you're right with boys. It can take more of an effort than with girls. He will just talk more freely. Uh, and so we're just trying to find the right questions to ask. I'm sure you're helping the community take care of their hearts too. It's be being friends with other people that have lost their houses. I'm sure it's like a juggling act. Whose heart am I going to take care of right now in this moment? Well, I taught a release workshop at the Soho house, which is here in Malibu, uh, just for people who had lost their homes. And uh, it was, I'm glad to give back. I was one of the few workshops I was doing it along with everybody is letting go with forgiving and, and what, you know, moving on. And then I've been the receiver of quite a bit of healing work too. So oh, it helps. speaking of releasing, so you have a CD releasing a person. Why don't you, yeah, let's, let's talk about that because, and it's obviously it's applicable to releasing. Is it applicable to releasing anything in your life? It really is. I, it, I used to direct crisis support team for many years and um, it was, it was directed at people who were suicidal coming in over a breakup. However, the engineer who worked on the CD actually forgave a grudge against somebody. And so you can really use it for releasing. And I gave a copy of releasing a person to everybody at that, that releasing workshop I taught in December after all of us had lost our houses. Um, and so it does, you can, it kind of, we are always releasing because the only constant is change. And so we have to let go of the old into the new because the old is going to go, everything goes. And, um, and so this is just getting good at it really quickly and when we need to, when we're kind of down on our knees. So Yeah. It's like you guys are in, graduate school for a heart for your heart making <laughs> we're doing the advanced course <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> seriously advanced yeah. advanced advanced course yeah. um talk to us about the crisis support team so that was the agape crisis support team tell us about that and 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 what you got out of that in terms of helping us hold our hearts and hold each other's hearts well yeah, I did that for many years and we learned so much about how to turn somebody very quickly around. Uh, the way to be bad to your heart is to have really negative beliefs about things and what your future is. And so with crisis support, a lot of it was gentleness, kindness, love. And then once we got people to feel a little more stable, sometimes people would have to spew for quite a while just to kind of get it out and have somebody listen in a conscious way. But then we would turn it around by turning the attention more to what is beyond it. What do they want? And that's the most powerful question I found you can ever ask is what do you want? It's something we've been asking a lot. And I, everybody that I'm helping through this time, I'm asking, well, what do you want? You know, your house burnt down, your relationship's over. What do you want now? What would help? What would make it better? And when you start focusing on that, things can heal and your heart can 
feel nurtured and, and I get to a better place. It feels like it pulls you forward. Like if you can think of what you want to create in the future, what do you want in the future that it can pull you forward? I don't know. Are you fe- hearing about, I'm, I'm just one degree of separation or two degrees of separation from a lot of suicides in the last few months. Have you been finding that there's an increase in that in, in your World? I will, because I don't direct crisis support anymore. I'm not as in touch with the general public who would come in. Certainly not in my work. The people I'm working with, that's my job is to keep them far away from that. Yeah. I think that in suicides are increasing. It's kind of in. And uh, I understand it, you know, when people feel like there's no hope, but there is a way different picture than they're seeing. And um, certainly we had a lot of success pulling people away from those thoughts and away from actually doing it when I did direct crisis support and I keep people far away from that now. So yeah. I, you know, if I get the chance to ever deal with somebody who's suicidal, tell them the same things, you, you know, you yeah. do the exact same process with them. So that's fantastic. I just, that's even helpful. I think for people listening, I think that all of us know are know someone and I'm sure all of us know someone very well who deals with depression. I mean, depression is very common and, um, and th- I think that now people are talking more about um, suicidal thoughts. That's good. But then there's also, I don't know, there seems to be this general, maybe I'm unique in this, but I literally, there have been four suicides in the last three months um, that are just one degree of separation from me. And it's just, oh, wow. it's concerning. So it is, yeah. it is concerning. You know, you can only stay in your lane and do what you have control over. And yeah. Them. Most of us believe that death is not the end of things. And so that's certainly a comforting thought. Yeah. But God knows if, if it's one of your children, I cannot imagine how hard it would be. And um, I think that, you know, when I'm working with people who might have suicidal thoughts, we, I have to refocus them with that question. What do you want? Because they're, they're focused in a very negative way on a yeah. usually very kind of up close situation. If they can pull back a little bit and see a bigger picture for their life and possibilities. Uh, you can turn it around pretty quickly. That's the great key, the bigger picture of possibilities. That's fantastic. No, I really, I find that very helpful. Thank you so much for that. That's, I mean, I've already got a takeaway from this. So now let's, (laughs) thank you. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, you are in the business of taking care of hearts in so many ways, and that is one of them. So thank you for that tip. And now let's move to the your best-selling book, and I'm going to say the title one more time, and I'm also going to say the subtitle now, Love Will Find You. I love that. Magnets to bring you and your soulmate together. So tell us about those magnets and tell us about your journey, actually. I'd love to hear about the magnets uh, in a second, but I also want, I want, I want to hear about your journey to writing that book. I know you were a single mom for 10 years and then you met your soulmate. So tell us about that little juncture there between being a single mom and finding your soulmate. When I was a single mom, I was coming out of a bad divorce. And that's where I really found my path to what I was going to do is just out of being in such a bad place myself. And, um, and so as I got help, I was noticing what it felt like to get help and what it took to get me out of a pretty bad abyss. And, uh, and so that led me on my journey to helping other people. Uh, while still while I was a single mom is when I started directing crisis support. It was a few years after my divorce. Oh. Uh, I got licensed and I got in a position and was asked to, to direct it. And so I took that over. And um, so it was very interesting to be single and then be helping people because 
sometimes I would attract wounded puppies who needed healing, like guys, instead of somebody who was an equal, who could be my soulmate. And, um, and so that was interesting. And I helped a lot of people find their soulmates before John, John showed up, my husband, though I felt he was on the way. And I had my own work to do to not even get my head turned by some wounded puppy who needed healing anymore um, to, <laughs> to be healthy enough to even bring him in. And so he came along a couple of years into me help kind of narrowing down on the soulmate work. And, uh, uh, and I used everything I teach everybody else. And it's helped so many find love to find him, to bring him in. And I believe in attracting it more than having to go out and find it. So that's why the book is called Love Will Find You, because it will find you if, if we get in the right frame of mind, the right emotional energy, things land in our lap and we don't have to go anywhere to get them. And he landed in your lap. He landed in my lap. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us the story of how you met him. I met him four years before we got to be together. At the time, I was in my own crazy love. I was in a relationship I characterize as crazy love. And that's, you, you know it, because it's very dramatic. You break up, you make up. It's just very volatile. And so when I met him, I shouldn't have noticed him, but I did through mutual friends. And then when I was single, he had a girlfriend. And then at the very right moment, he's shy, I'm shy, but we got thrown into a car drive together, a long one to a festival. Oh my God, so he literally was in your lap practically. And I didn't engineer it and he didn't. A mutual friend put us both in his car. We met at the airport and so we ended up going together. And, um, and so there was just three of us in this car. <laughs> and, um, and we really hit it off. We hit it off in a big way. Um, I think I always kind of had a crush on him and he said he was intimidated. He thought I was so beautiful. He was intimidated by me, but we had to talk to each other. And so by the time that it was several hour car ride, by the time it was over, it was on, you know, we really were enamored with one another. And that was that, like after that, I went quickly. So, wow. And he was like, he, he's not needy of me. He's very self-sufficient and, um, and just nurturing of me. And I think that's one sign of your soulmate. If you're a giving person that you're not just giving to them, they want to give back to you and take care of you. So he's yeah, like and that. it's fun. It's fun. It's really fun. Giving is when it's when when both people are giving and receiving, it becomes a wonderful game. Exactly. Um, okay, yeah. so talk to us about the magnets. So how can we be a how can we install magnets in our heart to draw that person into our life? Well, the process I go through with people, and it's worked for all these people back here and a lot of other people, is it first you have to do the inner work. It's not just the inner work. You still have to interact with an actual human being because that's your soulmate. Uh, but it starts with the inner work and attitude adjustment. First chapter in that best-selling book, Level Find You, is all about believing again that he's out there or she's out there. And having faith that there could be somebody for you, even if you've always given up, even if you've been held up in the wrong relationship for a long time, uh, to start believing that again. And that alone is very magnetic, is just having faith. Trust is magnetic. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's number one. I, I declutter people's heart, which is the releasing process. That's another of the magnets is to let go. Let go because attachment to another person, we're hardwired for it, which is parenting. It, you know, if you have kids or if, it, when you were a child, like you get very attached to your parent and the parent gets attached to the child and we flourish, but there's a time you have to let go. As grownups, we still get attached. So we have to let go of it. And that's a huge block. Nobody's really, I don't think anybody could get out the gate with love or see anything show up if they're still attached to the wrong person. 
So that's a big piece of it is to let go of that, let go of bad beliefs about yourself, about love, about prospects for love, and, uh, and then go on from there. So that's another magnet. Very important one is remove anything in the way, all the blocks, because we'd all be in the arms of our soulmate right now if we didn't have blocks. So that's a huge one. Tell me how you took care of your heart, because you've been in this happy marriage ever since you met him, obviously. Um, back in the, in the time of during the romance, I mean, excuse me, during your divorce, tell me how you took care of your heart during that time. Because I know that out of that came this beautiful work, like you created this garden after, out of that healing. So can you give us a couple tips for people? You know, January is, is officially breakup month, apparently. Yeah. I I, oh, no. It's, it's actually even Snopes. I just did an article about this because I found this Snopes article that literally said, yes, it's true that January is breakup month because people don't want to be mean to their partner over the holidays so they wait until after the holidays to oh and before up. valentine's day so the pressure's yeah. off right. i never knew that i'll have to that's a good thing to write about um i that's interesting because i when i think about people i'm coaching right now a couple people have had breakups and i'm so relieved because it, it didn't seem like it was ever going to work out i don't think it was their person better to be alone and free and ready and available than be with the wrong person so that's really good but when I was going through my time, that's what I had to learn because I was hard on myself. I told myself horrible thoughts like my child will never be okay. Mm. He's going to be from a broken home, you know, and I had to turn all of that horrible thinking and turning it on myself around um, and find hope. So I had to find more soothing thoughts. I had to give myself a break. I had to tell myself an expanded thought rather than he's going to be from a broken home is that he will be from an expanded home mm -hmm. or to love him, which is actually what happened. You know, now from here, it's interesting to look back. I put myself through a lot of things I didn't need to go through if I could have known it would get this good. Yeah, get this good. That's so great. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I have said that's because I'm a child of divorce. My parents divorced when I was seven. And my dad remarried for a time. And I still think of her as my stepmom, even though they divorced. Yeah, um, wow. He's going he's gone now, but every time a friend of mine divorced, two things happened, exactly what you just said, which is they felt like their child wasn't going to be okay. And secondly, they felt like a failure in all the cases of my friends who divorced with children. I was applauding them, them as busting a very powerful move, move for themselves. Like right. it, was, it was, it was stepping into their greatness by doing this. Mm -hmm. But, wow. and then I would, I could tell them from, from personal experience that divorce, it just means that many more people are coming forward to love you. It's like, you know, generally kids these days end up with two or more sets of parents. How cool is that? I mean, you know, these loving forces in their lives. Yeah. And I always believe that when you're with your soulmate, they're good for your whole family. So if you're a single parent that, and that's certainly been true for me and a lot of people, I, I specialize in single moms. Like that's one of my specialties because I was one for so long. And every time your soulmate ends up fitting perfectly with your family and being an asset rather than thinking your child is extra baggage or anything like that. You have this phrase that you use, they'll have a wreck in your yard. Tell me about that. <laughs> I love that phrase. I'm Southern, so these Southernisms really kind of creep into my uh, lexicon of teaching. Uh, but what that means is that I also am an introvert, and so I work with a lot of introverts, 
and introverts don't like to get out much, you know, because it's scary and whoever is your soulmate is going to be a stranger at one time and you have to meet strangers to find your soulmate. And so if you're doing magnetization, then you can literally stay home and they'll come to you. And I've had that happen so many times with people. I have a whole folder full of love stories that came from my work where they were staying at home. They were at home when they met them, believe it or not. And so when you've got your magnet on strong enough, you don't have to get out there. That's so cool. And I know that one of the magnets is to declutter your heart. So, so talk to me about some tips that you can give for people to find out what it is that's blocking their heart, what's cluttering their heart. It can take some time. If I work with people privately, it's like kind of a forensic exploration. But one person that I worked with who now is about to get married, she had this thing. It was pretty obvious. She got really hurt growing up. And and a lot of traumatized people have difficulty finding love as a grown up. And because of that hurt, any sign of trouble, she'd be out the door. I called her my runaway bride because she'd left many guys like almost at the altar or at the altar. And for her, that was it. That was the block. And what we had to do is reprogram her to open up that things could be worked through. You didn't have to run away. That was kind of an immature response because she had arrested development from when it was the worst, her, you know, with, with her birth family and how, the way she was raised. Mm-hmm. And so we had to get her to start calming down and to start soothing herself rather than just running at the first sign of trouble. So it's different for everybody. It can be a belief about oneself that you're not deserving of someone you'd actually like. The Groucho Marx Marx thing where he said, I would never belong to a club that would have me. (laughs) And so, you know, there's a lot of different patterns like that that come out of self-esteem issues. Once we discover it, then we fix it. We get rid of it. So that's a, that's a one way being attached to a person is the worst one. As I mentioned, worst one, right. uh, you can't even hope to manifest anything till we get rid of that attachment. It can be cynicism. Certain people in certain cities I find are more cynical and it's kind of cool to be cynical. And that's like a huge block is mm-hmm. if you're cynical about love, that's not an environment you can meet your soulmate in. You're right. That is a really, it's like hip to be cynical now. You see it on TV, you you know, it's cool to be negative in a way. And I feel like it's some kind of weird protection, Yeah, but it doesn't work. A defense mechanism, but it it can't work. You have to be starry-eyed a little and believe in romance and believe in love. And and thank God for Brene Brown out there doing work on vulnerability and making, trying to make vulnerability hip. And yeah. and, and as achi- achieving that on some level, making vulnerability hip. I know you talk about love at first sight, and I just want to ask you: Did you did you have love at first sight with your soulmate, with John? No, I didn't. And and I think love at first sight only happens ten percent of the time. This is research based, and so I'm always telling people: give people a chance. You have to with him. And this is true. This kind of a, a sign it's your soulmate is that there's something that keeps pulling at you. So I was like, God, if this is my guy, just keep making him look this good. Because I was a little protected because of some of my experiences of the wrong people, the crazy love, and then the people who just needed healing from me. Uh, I was a little protected, so it took a minute. But we had a minute. You get leeway with your soulmate. And so I gradually opened up to him. And the more we got to know each other, the more we fell in love. So, you know, but I was always had a little crush on them. That's so great. So in a tiny way, there was love at first sight. 
Yeah, maybe. That's a that's little a spark. I a spark at first sight. What if God like hit you in the head with a thunderclap and said, this is the father of your future children. It'll probably freak you out, but more along the lines of he's really cute. You know, you're noticing him, but look how we're, this handsome guy. <laughs> so. What is a soul call? A soul call is something that I do. It's kind of one of the characteristics of my work. It is an energetic invitation. I do it through guided meditation and a couple of exercises with people, an energetic invitation to your one. Some people forget that they have to be open and they have to show they're open by doing an invitation. And I could even show you a little one right now if you wanted. Cool. Yeah. Um, Well, do you have your soulmate? No, I do not have my soulmate. Well, could, could we do it for that for you and anybody yeah. listening who's interested? Okay, yeah. so just close your eyes. And I want you to think of someone that you don't know yet who is so dear to you. And when you meet him, it feels like you've known each other longer and there's a little spark there. It's like you've known him longer. I want you to imagine that person who does exist right now for you. You're already connected on the inner and you're meant to be together. Imagine him looking for you right now because that's what's happening. And I want you to say to him from a soul level, from your heart, I'm ready for you and come to me. Just say that silently and imagine that that is a call going out. Imagine you're standing on a mountain with your arms spread wide. The sun is shining on you and warming you up and you're sending that out to him. You're sending out that invitation. Come to me. I am ready for you. I'm open. Come to me. And if you can just listen, you may very may subtly hear a response. I'm on the way. And so let's just commit to keeping that soul call going, keeping the invitation open. And before you know it, you will be in the arms of your one and life will be changed forever in the best way. That is beautiful. That was fun. That made my heart sing. It made me happy. See, I think you were feeling him. I do. I was. Well, I definitely heard him say something back too, which, Mm. um, but, but it's funny because I don't feel I, that just made my heart sing, which is, uh, which is shocking a little bit because I haven't been in the mode of you seeking, right? I'm like, good. You don't need to seek. Right. And that's what you're teaching me today. But I didn't even know that, you know what I'm saying? Like I had, I've had other with my book just came out and it's, and I've also, I've been thinking, oh my God, thank God I didn't have anybody in my life in the last year because coming up to a book launch is an insane time. And I barely had time for my dearest friends and I couldn't have imagined fitting a a partner in that. So I'm coming out of this extraordinarily busy time and I didn't even, you know, it's that. Well, let's imagine that it's somebody who's supportive of you. I went on a book tour. I was frigging, I I had a newborn. Like I signed the book tour and I was pregnant. I had a newborn. I took him to 50 city book tour. And my husband, thank the Lord, was there to hold down the fort at home while I went and just to support me. And so we got to think differently. Like for the next book, you will have your soulmate and he will help you. 
and be yeah, no, I just good. <laughs> when I saw him, I actually cut to I mean, I saw an image of him supporting and being happy to support. Yeah, and, and you call like, him every day when you're on a book tour and say, Well, this happened, and he has dinner ready for you when you come home from a late, you know, event like that. Like I would love you to think that way because yeah. you deserve that. And and uh I'm glad congratulations on the book. And now Thank maybe you. you are ready for him right now. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. Maybe that's the next book. Is <laughs> Yeah, I, that that sounds very apropos. Superhero of Love Marriage. Totally. Gosh, that sounds amazing. But and I wanted to tell you like I wanted to, I don't want to leave you here because in this exercise I go further with people. So I'm just going to give you one homework to do. And anybody okay. who's also doing this along with us yeah. Uh, and, and that is going to be that you buy a present because it's almost Valentine's Day. Buy a, a Valentine or something for the guy you don't know yet because he's oh. not here yet. And you're going to hold it and you're going to give it to him on your wedding day, maybe, or, or at some significant time, which is right. what I did too. Uh, and, and I had did this, you do that? I had this Valentine that said, forever is not long enough with you. And I had it on this little altar I have with some crystals and candles. And eventually I literally gave it to him, filled it out on our wedding day and he cried, but it's like, you're really affirming that you're going to get this, that that soul call was real and that something is happening. Wow. That is (laughs) so beautiful. That's such a great exercise. Oh, I love it. So that's your homework. (laughs) Okay. I am so into that homework. Okay, I love, good. I love buying gifts for people that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the dearest stranger you ever met. Yes, I love it. The dearest stranger you've ever met. I love that. And I love what you said that he's going for, for when you were talking about introverts. I don't happen to be an introvert, although I have introvertish tendencies. I never got that impression when I met you. You were a social butterfly. Well, just like I love being home alone too. I just, I really love, I love, I, I, and I need that to recharge. If I don't get that, then I go a little. That is the definition of an introvert too. Yeah. But I loved what you said that that person has to be a stranger when you first meet him. I mean, it's like, it's such a simple truth. And yet even... It's like, it's a little bit terrifying, right? Like meeting strangers. And I know a lot of people, I don't have high anxiety around meeting strangers. As you saw, I met a lot of new people yes. tonight that we met and I, and I love it. It actually gives me energy on some level that there's, you know, it's, it's an exchange of energy and it's like you, the exchange may not go the way you think it should go or the way you want it to go. And it may not be an experience. Firework is a fireworks explosion. Um, but that simple truth of he's going to be a stranger until he's not a stranger. And, you know, any fears that come up for you or anybody, I would have them write them down and reframe them. And so imagine somebody you've met that you really clicked in right away. And they're this new great friend like that. Okay. Tell us about Soulmate boot camp. Soulmate Bootcamp is something that after I've been doing the love work a while, most people would meet someone pretty quickly. And there was a handful who really didn't. And so I put a handful of clients who I call them the hard cases, which wasn't very nice, but they just weren't manifesting so easily. They had more walls up to love. And I put them through this program and I invented it for these people. But there was this amazing success rate uh, amongst these hard cases. Wow. So many of them found love. 
And so for a long time, it was really only for private clients, but people kept bugging me and hearing about it. So we did release it as a product and I beefed it up with more recordings and things like that. So every day there's an activity for 30 days. 30 days is long enough to break a bad habit, like not finding love. And so that's, uh, we did release it. It's our most popular product that we have. Okay. So Soulmate Bootcamp. Yeah. Talk about some other things that people, so everybody, her, her um, website, which I'll have in the podcast notes is katherinealice.com. And that's Catherine, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, Alice.com. And you'll see all kinds of groovy things on there. But tell us about what you're up to right now, 2019 Blueprint. I just started this course. It's full now, but it's to to affirm different goals we're having. And uh, I do it every year. I've done it since 98, which is a long time. Every year I'd set some intentions and I would you know, write them down, do a ceremony and kind of do this process. And so I, at the time I didn't have anything, like I, I said, nothing I wanted. My life was a real mess, but ever since then it started blossoming and I'm pretty known for being a good manifester in general. And so I teach it once a year to a group of people, a small group. And um, so that's going on now. And it's really fun. It's really fun to show people how to get what they want which I'm pretty good at. And I continued right now because we're starting over, we're manifesting at a pretty high rate because we had to fill our life back up with kind of the things you need to live. So I, I'm manifesting too. All right. So let's come back. Let's come full circle and finish out with, with Malibu. So talk to us about manifesting in your community and, and what we can do to support your community and things like that. Uh, well, everybody who lost stuff and even people who didn't have been traumatized, we were out of our homes. Most people were, were, um, were evacuated for more than a month. School, the kids didn't have school for a month because it was very dangerous. There were, it was the biggest disaster Malibu's ever had. And so there were power lines down, there was flooding, there was mudslides uh, because it kept raining <laughs> right after that. And, um, and just a lot of toxic materials from the actual burn site. It was just a mess. And so we're all still healing together. A lot of us are having to create our lives from scratch. And so if anybody wants to help, and I know it sounds like everybody in Malibu is rich, but there are a lot of people who were not rich and they might've had a nice home, but it was everything they owned. And most of us were underinsured because in Malibu, you can't get the best insurance just because it's kind of a known area that has fire hazard. A lot of Southern California is. So the best thing to do to help people is to give money to the Boys and Girls Club in Malibu, which you can Google pretty easily. Um, and they are distributing help. And we've been so grateful. I had no idea. I've never been through a disaster how much help there was. You can go down to Malibu City Hall and they have everybody to redo your, your power and to get your license again if you want your license and your birth certificate. Um, just to get every get stuff like they gave us these sifters to go through the ashes in our home to look for anything that survived. Oh, uh, wow. You know, wow. and it's just crazy how much support there is. Wow. Uh, that would be the best way. And if you guys could just hold us in prayer, because I'm lucky I have a lot of tools and I have this happy family, no matter what, John and I are in this together, but not everybody is where we are. People have been devastated and couldn't get out of bed for a long time and just don't yeah. know where to start and depressed and all the things we've been talking about. Right. So just holding prayers to Malibu. It's not over. I, we were just in the news again over the high winds and then the mudslides. Because uh, right where I live now, where the house we rented is right. They close the roads a lot because there are these mudslides. And so just continued, you know, prayers for us is good because we're still healing. 
Right. And the community is still heavy hearted and people- oh, very much so very much processing. Why don't we do a little process? Why don't we do a little process together? I'll lead a little prayer for, for Malibu and everybody that's listening. It doesn't matter when you listen to this, you can, because this is going to be a long time in coming. So let's all close our eyes and masters and angels and great ones. Oh, divine ones, please join us now as we gather together to say a prayer for the community far and wide of Malibu. Please encircle everyone in the Malibu area and please put into the circle all the people who have left the area temporarily or permanently that were affected by this disaster. Please put them in the circle and please encircle us with your angelic divine presence. Please put us all in that circle, even those of us who are praying that are not in the Malibu community, please put us in there so that our hearts can be with the hearts that are hurting. And please allow for everyone's heart to feel your pink and golden healing light penetrating all the hearts that are in pain. Please have every single heart affected by the Malibu fires feel your loving presence as if the hands of a hundred angels are holding each and every heart. And please have every heart know in every cell that all will be well and that they are loved. Please have everyone know in this moment in Malibu, anyone affected by the Malibu fires and landslides know that they are profoundly loved. In gratitude and full faith, we thank you. Well, thank you. I felt that my shoulders kind of released when you did that. That was um, awesome, Bridget. Thank you. I just felt how heavy the hearts are in your community. And it's intense what you guys are going on. And this is months in the making too. And we just had a big rain and we're going to continue to have rains. And That's right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're with you well, and your community you. just grew even more by everybody that's listening <laughs> to this, right? Well, I really appreciate it. Cannot thank you and your audience enough for that. I feel it. Yay. So thank you, Catherine Alice, for bringing all of those wonderful tips to us today. And thank you for leading me through my little exercise. And oh, everybody got... Thank you a, so much for having me. That's a great taster to you, the work that you do. So I, I'm sure people are going to be reaching out to you. And um, yeah, Catherine really is. She is one of the foremost experts on soulmates and, and dating in the United States. So you are, we are speaking to an expert today. So everyone <laughs> go to her website again. It's katherinealice.com, K-A-T-H-R-Y-N, and um, check out her work. And Catherine Alice, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Doesn't she just have the coolest vibe? Catherine Alice. Wow. And... Um, everybody boys and girls club in Malibu and check out katherinealice.com and look in the program notes I'll have all these um, websites for you but thanks for coming and if you like the podcast please 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 go over to iTunes and give us a review and um, it helps us get more followers and tell your friends about Superhero Love Podcast um, so many great tips today from Catherine Alice I'm sure you know somebody that could use them Thanks for coming. Have a great day, superhero.